You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good evening. Welcome to Love Logical DNA Not Required. This is Michelle L. Anderson coming to you live from Podcast Detroit, Royal Oak Studios. We are looking forward to intriguing and entertaining you every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Let me start today's show by saying thank you for joining our family, which is biological by nature, love logical by choice, DNA not required. Good evening, everyone. This is Michelle Anderson and my co-host, Delon. Hello, world. (laughs) I would like to say thank you to everyone last week who was concerned about us. We were sick last week, and I think that a lot of people were having um, a lot of illness because of the weather. So thank you so much for caring about us and and checking on us, and I I truly appreciate you. I'm going to have, I'm here tonight with a wonderful organization. If you don't know about them, you should know about them. I am here tonight with Wake Up. So I'm going to let everyone from Wake Up introduce themselves. Hi, this is Ayana Walters. I'm one of the founders of Wake Up, and I'm going to tell you what Wake Up means. Um, Wake Up is um, Warriors Achieving Knowledge, Education, Understanding Pathways, Purpose. Um, we started Wake Up um, about almost 10 years now. Um, and I'm going to let everyone introduce themselves, but now I'll go back to the history, but you can go with the next person. <laughs> Um, my name is Desiree Jennings. I am a, another, I guess, I don't want to say founder, because um, <laughs> I give that all up to Ayana, but, um, I am a member of the Wake Up Board. So, um, and I also do HIV counseling and testing as my career. All right. Hi, I'm Evelyn Pastel Franklin. I am also a Wake Up member. And I currently run an HIV um, program at Sinai Grace Professional Building. And I'm happy to be here tonight. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming out. So Ayana's going to explain a little more, but Wake Up beca- became special to me. I'm actually on the board of Wake Up. So it was very important for me to get, you know, us here because Wake Up is actually educating and counseling and testing our youth. Well, they're adults as well, but they focus on our youth because our youth really, truly needs to have an understanding of what's happening um, within metropolitan Detroit when it comes to awake to STD. So and HIV. So here's Ayana. Ayana, you want to give everybody that that wake up experience. Let them know what it is that that you've created, that you founded. Well, um, as I said, um, wake up. Um, let's give a little history of how wake up started. Uh, I'm a research um, nurse at um, Wayne State University, and also the Connect to Protect um, coordinator at Wayne State University. And started at Wayne State in 2008. Um, and doing the research, I see the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I see, um, how, um, prevention and, um, 
the, the rates are going within the city of Detroit. So um, me and myself and a couple other co-workers decided to um, create Wake Up and bring the prevention in a different way, not just upstairs saying, okay, don't do this, don't have sex. We're all humans. We're all going to have sex. Just keep it real. <laughs> and we need to learn to protect ourselves. And we um, with Wake Up, we try to present uh, prevention in a different way through monologues, through mm-hmm. poetry, um, spoken word, um, through performance, just bringing it in a di- whole different way. And also bringing HIV prevention and bringing other life issues that our youth go through, um, like driving responsibilities um, when it comes to making sure your license is up to date, um, college prep skills, um, skills, trade skills. A lot of um, college is not for everyone. So we just try to bring all those components into one and just, just tell everyone we need to wake up and let's talk as a community about what's going on that's affecting um, the community. And I love the fact that one of the things is we have parents that are involved there with their children. You know, we talk to the parents separately. We talk to the kids. And I think that the program itself should be should be statewide. I, I really mm-hmm. do. I, I see us growing outside of just a metropolitan area yes. because mm-hmm. there's so much to offer. And for those of you wondering... Love logical parents, families. This is information that you need to know so that you can make sure that your, that your teens and your tweens know. Because you may feel as if, you know, oh, they're getting that at school, but they're, or they're getting, if they're not getting it the right way, then they're going to get it the wrong way from their friends. And school is only going to go so far. So I was introduced to wake up. Janelle was 14. Yes. It's been a, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> Team Summit. Yeah, Jan- Janelle was 14 and I, you know, I had met, you know, I, I met God's got your back. <laughs> GGYB <laughs> at my Love Logical Daughters conference and she's telling me about, you know, wake up and I was like, okay, so I took Janelle and I was impressed because Mahogany Jones was there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is, this is parents and kids and everyone together, the monologues and the STI Jeopardy. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The children actually, well, the teens actually played STI Jeopardy. And now it was very impressive with what they knew, but it was also shocking with some of the things that they didn't know. Yeah. You know, but they learned. Mm -hmm. And having a police officer, well, no, it was an attorney who was there talking to the kids about what to do if they're pulled over by the police. Yeah. Turning you know, street. and, you know, mm-hmm. then having, you know, the the doctors there to keep it real about what's going on. And I also have to admit that Wake Up was the first time I had ever seen a female condom, which I actually showed you guys on my Facebook Live. Because hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, look. So, <laughs> so this is truly an adult conversation, um, but teens, well, for your teens as well, but anybody under the age of probably 12, I would think that they may not be 
part of the conversation tonight. So I want to put that out there. If you're very hesitant about your children learning the truth, then you may want to um, have 12 and older listen in tonight. And this is actually going to be recorded as well so that you can keep this around because you're going to want your kids to hear what's happening here within metropolitan Detroit. And Desi keeps it real. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to, Desi, look, I'm reeling you in a little bit tonight. (laughs) Okay. So. Shellas, tell us a little bit about the monologues. Well, the monologues um, are um, fictional stories because when we first did them, um, actually I had um, Desiree and my son Edward to do some of them. And it was funny afterwards, people were coming to them like, are you okay? You know, we've got to always explain that these are stories that I um, have written. And um, one of them is um, based on perinatal um, experience with a young man um, contracting HIV. Um, he was born with HIV, so it's perinatally infected. And we really don't talk about that. Um, we always talk about um, behavioral, uh, meaning having, you know, having sex, um, contracting HIV. So this that was a uh, monologue that I wrote. Um, this regarding his experience of um, being born, growing up, um, being an adult, living with HIV, and the stigma. Um, that still in 2019 we have the stigma of HIV. Um, another wow. one said, "Oh wow, yeah, yeah it's That's a deep. lot of misinformation out there." Yeah, yeah. the stig- the stigma is in the, the, with the monologues too. Is just keeping it real and taking away the stigma. You know, this is a disease. Um, it's treatable, but um, it's different aspects of the disease. And another monologue I wrote was. Um, Regarding um young man that was sexually abused and um MSM and he contracted HIV. So it was different monologues. So uh, some of the monologues will be um um done this um Friday. We're having a self love event. Um actually February seventh is National HIV a black HIV testing day. Um so if you haven't been tested, please get tested. Um so that's a national um, observance for um, Black HIV testing day, February 7th, which is this Thursday. Where can they go and get tested on Thursday? Um, here in the city, um, they can go to um, Unified. Um, they can go to Community Health Awareness <laughs> Group and get tested by me as where's long that? as I don't know you. Where's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that is on 1300 West Fort Street. So it is across the street from WC3's downtown campus. That's okay. usually how I tell people we're kind of low-key looking. We have some red dots on our door. So um, we're on the corner of Brooklyn and Fort. Okay. Um, another location is What's Up. Um, they're on 50... Um, West Hancock. Mm-hmm. We had the Detroit Health Department, um, which is on 50 East Canfield. Field. <laughs> Everything's so 50, 50, 50, 50, 50, yeah, 50 West Hancock is the West, <laughs> what's up? Um, and, um, the Detroit Health Department. And Evelyn, where can they go to find you? Oh, I'm at, uh, Sinai Grace Professional Building Suite 207. Okay. <laughs> yes. And they can come there and get tested as well. Yes. 
Okay. They can also, um, they're doing testing at all the sites. Are they still doing testing at Tolan Park as well? Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Tolan Park. So Tolan Park Medical uh, Building 3901 Chrysler Drive, fourth floor. Okay. Uh, Unified HIV Health and Beyond is in the Fisher Building. Uh, and Horizons, I cannot forget. Horizons. Horizons. Okay. Horizons. Yes. Um, 4201 St. Antoine. Look, they just got these addresses off the top of their head. Yeah. So nobody have any paper in front right. of them. Well, see, so that tells I'm a 20 you year they know what veteran. they do. Okay. I'm 20 years in the field. So. All right. Yeah. All right. Been around a minute. All right. <laughs> and it's a close kind of relationship with a lot of everyone works at different agencies and we all have our different things we have to get done. But at the end of the day, we do usually come together. Everyone knows each other mm-hmm. in this industry. Um, we go to conferences together. So even if you work at a different agency, you probably have interacted with somebody at another mm-hmm. one. And um, because many of us work under Ryan White, we have a service territory that's within our jurisdiction. So mm-hmm. we service six counties, Wayne, Oakland, Macomb, St. Clair, Lapeer, and Monroe. Okay. Counties. Okay. Um, is our service territory. But as you know, Detroit is unfortunately the epicenter of the uh, HIV epidemic for the state of Michigan. And mm. can you say that again? So Detroit is the epicenter for the HIV uh, epidemic within the state of Michigan. What makes Detroit the epicenter of the epidemic? Well, um, a little over 70% of all HIV diagnoses are within our uh, region, which is that six-county area. Mm -hmm. And within Mm. that six-county area, Detroit represents 60% of all diagnoses. Wayne County? Uh, yeah, Wayne County. I actually have statistics here. I put all of that. Yeah, okay. Let's hear some yes, statistics. let's hear some statistics. Hold on. Let me get my clinician some, some <laughs> stuff over there. <laughs> Ayana, darling. Um, because I think it's really important, and I'm not sure if we're live now. Here. We are. Yeah. So I requested not to be on camera. Hopefully, no one can see me. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it's really powerful. We how are you going to request not to be on camera? Right? Looking the diva over there. Yes, she's exactly. Very she's very beautiful. She guy. is beautiful. Those amazing dreads. <laughs> but I'm very, very low key and shy. <laughs> but I think it's really important that you get a visual representation. I just want to make sure that that is seen. This here. Yeah. There? yeah. Just and you can flip it back over. Wait, bring it over some between like right there. So what you're there. looking at is a representation of what persons look look like who are diagnosed with HIV within our community. And as you can see, um, the vast majority of the uh, people diagnosed are people of color. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as we sit around this table, it becomes mm-hmm. very personal to us. These are our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers, our children's. Um, <clears throat> like the people that we live next door to every mm-hmm. day. Oh, wow. And what really makes it uh, of great concern is that the majority of the uh, people who are diagnosed are represented by African-American males. Yeah. Right. And although, you know, once upon a time it was considered to be a gay man's disease, mm-hmm. it is very far from that. It is a, a social disease mm-hmm. that you get because you love or you live out yes. loud. Yes. And like it's your, you know, like it's your life. But um, it's it's disproportionately affecting our community, and it's not something that we talk about because it has a sex tied to it, Mm -hmm. and that's when we need people like Desi who can have those very, very, very frank conversations (laughs) about sex and sexuality and how to make sure we have sex-positive conversations Mm -hmm. so that as people do go out and explore and find themselves that they can do it safely. 
But um, wow. yeah, that's that's one of the main things I think is a principle at Wake Up mm-hmm. is that we understand um, that sex positivity is a thing that we ascribe to. You know, people have sex like mm-hmm. my mom said before. People have sex, you know, so and people enjoy sex. So we're not we don't want to be the sex education that wags the finger at people like you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. It's OK. You like to do this. This is how you can do it safely. Make sure you protect yourself. At yeah. All times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, OK, giving you some tips and some things, because one of the main principles in this industry is meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. So they could be all the way in the back, not even not even wanting to use condoms, not wanting to even do the basics. Mm-hmm. And we have to meet them there and mm-hmm. we have to get them to a different place. So if you are already in a different place from a person, you're not going to be able to communicate to them the principles that you want to come that you want to come across. So um, that's why we are really dedicated to just being sex positive and understanding that sex doesn't have to be bad. Mm-hmm. Bad things can mm-hmm. come with it if you're irresponsible. Yeah, I can I can understand that. She had, mom actually showed me a, a dental <laughs> dam for the first time. Like I'm sitting there. I, was, I think I was just watching TV with my sister, and she says, oh, I found a dental dam. Here you go. Like just like full force. Like what? I don't want that. Like I don't need that. She's like, oh, you need that. A lot of people have never even seen a dental dam before. No, no, no. a lot of people have never even seen one. And you know, I'm really surprised at you know the fact that these aren't things that are discussed publicly. Mm -hmm. The main thing that's discussed publicly is condoms. Yeah. Anything outside of condoms. It's really not being truly discussed publicly. A lot of a lot of parents um, don't even have that talk with their kids anymore. You know, like it's like just talking to people and meeting people. A lot of parents don't have that that conversation with their children. They you don't know? like they it's like they're afraid to. It's like the stigma. So your kid ends up finding out themselves and then they want to experiment because of what they're finding out from their friends. Yeah. And, and not even not hate to cut you off, not only with that, with social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phones. Yeah. You yes. know, that's yes. with you know, I know everyone loves social media. I always say computer may be our downfall, but you can just go right on the computer and mm-hmm. just it's there. You know everywhere. It's everywhere. So that's another thing. Like we, we want to give the proper information, you know, mm-hmm. to the youth, you know, and and we do teach abstinence. You got to be ready. Yes. You know, you got to be mature and ready. You know, just don't, we're not saying go out there and have sex. No. Abstinence first. Then if you decide, learn how to protect yourself. But you know? mm-hmm. having the right information at the, at the right, at a younger age, a lot of times will lead to the child waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they they have the right information and they understand the necessity for waiting because they know what can happen if mm-hmm. they don't wait. Yeah, they but, understand that it's a um, like I always say for me, you know, teenager, if you're under the age of consent, you're still a child in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So sex is an adult thing. You wouldn't give a kid a car note 
and just say, go crazy with this car, do whatever you want, Mm -hmm. because that's an adult responsibility. There are responsibilities that come with this because of what can happen. You could have a child. We talk about pregnancy and Mm -hmm. we talk about how, you know, that can change a person's life, a young person's life, seeing you on a different course. It may not, it's not going to end it, but at the same time, it's going to make things a lot harder. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. just um, understanding that sex is fun. Sex is something a lot of people love to do. But it is also something that comes with a lot of responsibility because there are outcomes that can stick with you for life in more mm-hmm. ways than one. Mm-hmm. That yeah. that that's that's amazing because I want to share one of my best memories of wake up. We were downtown in Wayne, Wayne State's campus, and I came down with Janelle. And it it was a round table of women of all ages. I think the youngest was 13, who yeah. had the mindset of a 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the oldest person there was in their 70s. Yeah. I think every single generation from teen to 70 was represented at that table. And the conversations, it was... Young, young school, <laughs> educating old school, old school, educating our youngsters. It was a phenomenal conversation. And at the time, Janelle was 15 and had a 19-year-old trying to talk to her and telling her that he just wanted to be her friend. And it was just, mama, I just, I was a mama, I just had to sit back. Because Desi and the other um, college girls that were there (laughs) just had open conversation with her, open dialogue about what a 19-year-old is looking for from a 15-year-old, and it's not friendship. Yeah. And and they broke it down as to there's something wrong with his mindset, how he's trying to run game, how he's trying to be your friend to be able to get into your underwear. You know, he wants to, you know, the fact that you're a virgin, it becomes, you know, something that almost like a, a predator going after prey. And, but the thing is, coming from someone in college and younger, she was like, wow. And I haven't had any conversation she's 17 now and if someone too old try to talk to janelle what she do Delon? oh she swerves them <laughs> <laughs> no she's like um how old are you excuse me <laughs> she'd be cracking me up telling me those stories i think um one of the good things that event was actually um called who am i without him? Who am them I? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes so it was um based on um a book that um the other girl who was with me is her name is Taylor. She's also on the board of Wake mm-hmm. Up. She had when she was a teenager. It's called Who Am I Without Him. So we changed it to them to make it more inclusive, and uh, we invited a bunch of young ladies there to just talk about who they are outside of their romantic attachments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like who are you outside of your relationship? Or you know we had some moms in there, and at the end I asked, I was like, Who are you? And some of them were like, I'm a mother. I'm a. It's like no. Outside of all mm-hmm. of those titles you give yourself of things you do as service to others, who are you? And it took some people some time to answer that question. 
But one of the things I did love about that event was us getting a chance to connect with everyone. Mm-hmm. And um, I think sometimes people think of keeping it real as like this corny, like somebody trying to bring, come down to your level and using like language they shouldn't be using mm-hmm. and different stuff. But um, for me, and I think for us, because um, the women who are older than me on Wake Up was also my school teacher, one telling me, you know, my mom's one was telling me the game growing up. It's like <laughs> keeping it real is actually just being honest, like just being transparent yeah. and saying all of the aspects of a situation, whether they're good or bad, yeah. seeing them and being able to communicate that to a person without changing your language or making yourself seem like, oh, I want to be young and hip. Like, no, just be yourself mm-hmm. and be honest. I think a lot of um, parent and children relationships could benefit from just transparency you know, just like not the do as I say, not as I do, but just like, let me tell you what this really is and let me give you some real game. I think um, I remember my mom, I asked her, I was oh, you like, know I gave you game. I, know. <laughs> I, was, I couldn't see myself doing it, though, like to my daughter, like, like oh, keeping it real. No, honey, that's that's nothing. That's, don't worry about that. But She's it, only five now. I know. Which by the time she gets to be your sister's age. You might want to have yeah. those conversations. Just right. being, keeping it, keep being honest about, like, you as a man, what do you look for in a woman? Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to play somebody or just get something quick from a person, what is the what are the things that you do? See, don't those kind of conversations are useful. I'm going to bring her to wake up. That's what I'm going to do. But it helps. Like, um, I, t- I think I asked my mom at a really young age, I was like, well, you know, what is sex? And she kept, she was very honest with me. She didn't mm-hmm. just give me the birds and the bees. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I did wait until I was an older age to um, have sex. But that's because when I was in school and people were like, oh, this is this and this is great. I was like, no, it's not. Because I knew I knew what it really was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and, I, and that came from somebody I trusted and knew it was my mom. You know, I was really shy, so I didn't talk to her about boys. But all that stuff did stick to me just because I was shy doesn't mean I wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> and now that. you have the you have the Internet. When I was coming up, it was very unusual for a mother to be so blunt with her um, with their children. My mother was so blunt with me. It was it was ridiculous. And I I, I sit mm-hmm. back now and I think about the fact that the conversations I had with my mother at 12 years old. Me too. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I did have blunt conversations you. with you, but it was because of my mother and back in the day Planned Parenthood used to have a peer-to-peer program. It was like teen counselors. Oh, they still do. I oh, I did. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. um, My mother made me go. So that actually, it made a difference. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. visuals really make a huge difference. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had me. It, it felt like it was, I don't remember what, where, what I, where we were at, but she took me to this class and they literally like, were, they were putting everything on the board in front of me. And I'm like. <laughs> like, I'm just a little boy, so it was like the fear of God was putting me instantly. Like, oh, that can happen to me? <laughs> Taking me and all my friends, you know, mm-hmm. like Brandon, my love logical brother, you know, like it was it was absolutely just horrifying. And I remember, like, no, 
Like, I think that's why we played with our toys for so long, you know. Like, you know we, we can wait to get to that. It, I think, um, too, like, we focus on the youth with Wake Up, but um, do, for my job at Community Health Awareness Group, we go to treatment centers and do health education there as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those people are, I would say, average, like, 35 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of senior citizens that are there in the treatment centers, and you'll be surprised how many adults, grown people, do not know what HIV is. They still mm-hmm. think that you can get it from spits, from sweat. So, like, HIV 101 is something that a lot of people really, really just need because there are so many of us walking around here. Like, I'm grown. I know everything there is to know about life. I'm done learning. I don't need to learn anything else. Meanwhile, you still thinking of STIs as VD. And the last place you went to to get tested was like Herman Kiefer. That doesn't even exist anymore. So (laughs) Evelyn has something to share with us. Yeah, but do you even have an opportunity now to, you know, guess whether or not or, you know, think about whether or not you want to have those kind of conversations with your children when you look at the kind of media they have access to? That is true. Um, Beyond just what they can find on the Internet. You know, when you look at these reality television shows and the things that happen on those uh, shows, and if you listen to music, like, they tell you Mm -hmm. how to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is true. They're telling you what to do, how to get down, what to take to make it easier to go at it. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, really important now. It's a critical time in our society that we, as uh, older, more seasoned Adults become a little more comfortable with ourselves because the children are already comfortable with it. It is us as the adults who take pause in having those conversations because we don't want to go too far without recognizing that the children have already been exposed Mm -hmm. to a lot of the things that we don't want to have a conversation about. I had a wake up call. My son was seven years old and I was taking him to spend the night over to his cousin's house. And, um, One of our cousins um, is his sister is a 16 year old. Right. Mm -hmm. But apparently the children had been listened to the 16 year old have conversations as children will do. Mm -hmm. And my son says, well, mom, before you take me, take me home so that I can give my dad a kiss and a hug. I says, "Okay, well, why do you want to do that? He says, well, because he is half the reason I'm here. Right. I was like, absolutely. He was like, and I bet you didn't know that you could put something over your pee pee so that you won't make a baby. And I turned. I said, excuse me. He says, your penis, you can cover it up with something so that you don't have a baby. (laughs) And how old was he? He was seven. And I put, no, but I had to pull the car over because where I was taken aback and. I shouldn't be surprised because I drag him everywhere the same way Desi Mm -hmm. had to come everywhere Mm -hmm. he did also. But I didn't recognize how much he had actually absorbed and that he was processing those things. Um, So it's not a a matter of if we should have the conversations, but how do we make sure we have the conversations that are true and honest and um, pure, not in uh, thought or process, but pure to what our children need. Not what we want. How do you know, like, say with a seven-year-old, how do you they know don't. how much <laughs> to share with them? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a Q&A kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a um, an intervention that they're doing at the health department about how parents can have conversations with their children because mm-hmm. it is very, very, very tricky. And um, children mature at different levels and are exposed to different things. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, 
You can leave your kid with the babysitter and the babysitter is simply watching videos, something that back in our day was very, very, very innocent. Mm -hmm. MTV raps, you know, we just kind of watched videos. And but they're singing the words. The dances now are a little more explicit, Mm -hmm. you know, and we don't know what kind of conversations babysitters are having. We don't know what kind of conversations their peers in school are having. At the lunch table. We work next to a um, it's a middle school. Spain. I wasn't going to call the school oh, name. Sorry. Scratch that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, listen, no. But listen, we're on the fourth floor, mm-hmm. and on two of cage two occasions, we've looked out the window to see two students engaged in actual sex, penetrating sex. Did you make a phone call? We made a phone call. We also went out and chased down children because that's what we do. It's a bunch of old, right. you know, souls in. Um, <laughs> That particular old soul. No, it yeah. really. No, you know, I know what we you're believe saying. in stepping I do. in, and I do. It, Back we're in part. The day. We're part of the village. We're part of the village. Until you tell me your child is not a part of the village, I'm coming for your yep. kid. And mm. I say the community too. I exactly. say you know it takes a community. It does because some people say they get tired of hearing the village. So if you're tired of hearing the village, then now you're gonna hear the community. Okay, mm-hmm. but we have to uh, think and react globally. And with that being said, there were children having sex. Somewhere where they didn't need to be, it was public, number one. Number two, there was no protection involved. Number three, Spain is an elementary school. A middle school is or elementary? It's um, elementary, middle. It's, it's from it's both. both. It's both. So you have those children mixing. That's you being have, exposed oh to no, but the younger being exposed it, But you have the well. younger children being exposed mm-hmm. to the older children in playground activities, lunchroom activities, um, just walking through the hallway. And you can separate them as best you can. The fact is, is that they're going to hear, they're going to see because children are sponges. So with that, we as adults have to say we're okay with the fact that they know these things and that things, these are the things that they're being exposed to. We as adults who are not into mumble rap or whatever it is that they're listening to or the programs that they're watching, we need to pay attention and watch so that we can understand the lingual and the language that mm-hmm. they're using because mm-hmm. it varies. It differs from what we say and how we speak. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was going to say, I also, um, I'm glad that Evelyn brought up the actual class that the health department is giving because um, just rounding back to my earlier point, yeah, these conversations need to be had, but we also need to be open to receiving education ourselves as mm-hmm. adults. Yes. you. A lot of people think that they know all there is to know about sex by the time they reach a certain age. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of these conversations I've had with adults about stuff that I've learned just by working at my job is very resistant to. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this for such and such and such mm-hmm. and such years. And is if you don't have that education to properly teach a child, mm-hmm. you're not going to give them the proper education. You're passing on misinformation, which I see mm-hmm. happening a lot when people are actually willing to have those conversations but teach their kids something that is not right or something that could end up, you know, harming them. Desi, I've always pride myself on being knowledgeable and knowing um, what's what's happening out there. And when I came to wake up with Janelle for the first time, I realized that things have changed. Yeah, it's not the same anymore. I know that teens aren't the same anymore. But even when we called STDs are now STIs, 
You know, you said that, you know, people back in the day, they would go to the health department or whatever, they get a shot. It's not like that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I do want to reiterate to those who are listening tonight, wake up. We do talk to the kids about abstinence, but we're also giving the children enough knowledge to where if they choose something other than they know what's right. Yeah. They know what's right. And the thing is, is that um, even if it's not something that they can use, when we did the um, teen summit at MSU, Mm -hmm. and uh, remember I brought all my little football babies with me because I was a teen (laughs) mom. So whatever um, player parent would allow them to come, they came. And I actually got a call back from one of the boys. He was in the room with a bunch of other little young men, Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And... um, he was trying to give them the information that he had learned. Mm-hmm. So he called me to kind of back him up. So even when we think they're not listening, they are listening. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even if the information doesn't pertain to them, maybe it pertains to a friend. Um, the young lady, Sydney, who you said had the soul of a 20 year old, mm-hmm. you know, her mother is very frank and candid she in is. how she speaks to Sydney mm-hmm. and yes. uh, describes processes with her when she has questions. And then Sydney has a group of friends that, like she goes back and she straightens them out because maybe they've gone a little further than she has. So it's 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 important that we kind of listen and hear mm-hmm. what they're saying first. Mm-hmm. Um and then respond honestly without shaming them because that's yeah. another thing that happens frequently is that we shame or punish them. Or get upset to where we turn off the communication because Absolutely. there's no listening. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I have a relationship with my kids to where they can feel comfortable to come and talk to me about things like that. Janelle comes and talks to me. Says who? What? (laughs) (laughs) Too late now. Look, look, you still talking. You're 32. You still talk. Only on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, um, it's, it's good. We, we have to parent our children and not, not be, buddies at a certain point you still have to yes you have to talk balance and all things there there's a balance but Mm -hmm. it can get to a point where i see where so many parents are befriending their kids to where they're almost Mm -hmm. afraid to say anything that's going to upset the child yeah you know and there's nothing wrong with having an open conversation. Like I said, my mother wanted me to learn how to not be played. And I was talking to someone the other day and we're the same age and both of our mothers did the same thing. And we thought, I thought my mother was crazy, but now <laughs> I appreciate it. My mother had me reading Iceberg Slim and Donald Goins books at mm. 13. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the purpose of her having me read those books at 13 was because she didn't want me to, she didn't want anyone to be able to get into my head yeah, and take me in a wrong direction. She wanted me to know what the game was and she wasn't sure how to explain it to me. And I also think too, like um, understanding that those open conversations need to happen, whether your child is male or female, mm-hmm. whatever your child may be. Um, we often kind of perpetuate negative stereotypes within the black community, yes. especially with young black men, as far as hypersexuality goes, mm-hmm. you know, encouraging someone who is extremely young to have sex 
because they're supposed to be a man. We often make young yeah. black boys grow up into men very quickly. They don't even have the chance to be children. And as a result, we see older men going out and having a whole bunch of sexual relationships just because they think they have to mm -hmm. to prove their masculinity. I think that, you know, we just really need to make sure that we let our young African-American men or boys be boys to a point. So many young men that I know have told me that they have lost their virginity at 9, 10, 11, and they think it's okay. They don't think of it as rape. They think of it as, oh, I wanted to do it. And I, I can make that decision. If you are under the age of consent, in my eyes, you are not apt to make that decision. So when you say 9, 10, and 11, you're talking about like the babysitter and, I you know. Other kids, uh, you know, I've heard of some, I've heard somebody say they did it with another little girl, maybe a girl who was a little bit older than her or mm -hmm. grown women, grown women having it's, sex with children. It's because you're pushed to... Like to be that. That's what you're pushed to be, you know, like they that's what it is to have a man. As to be a man means that you you do manly things, you know, and sex is one of those things that comes up often, especially when you're like hanging with the boys, you know, you have like like if you ever seen the movie The Wood, you know, mm -hmm, you start the mm -hmm. tip jar, you know, like who's gonna get it first, you know, and like even me and my friends did that when we were kids. And it's like just that's that's what you're pushed to do. That's who you're pushed to be. You know, you see this girl as soon as, soon as you learn what booties can do, you know, like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And that's, that's how you're, that's where your focus is as kids. You know, you're sitting in class and you're like hitting your boy like, hey, man, you know, you know, and it's like from there it just continues to like perpetuate itself, you know, like. You know, that's, so that's can what, I, I'm sorry to okay, cut you off, on, but on. that speaks to the disproportionate effect HIV and AIDS has on uh, young men of color. In particular, the heaviest burden is on males ages 20 to 29 years of age when it comes to being newly diagnosed with HIV in the yep. city of Detroit. And when you teach these young men that um, next to that would be uh 15 to 19 year olds, right? That high school experience. Mm -hmm. So you go from 20 to 29 is number one mm -hmm. with, with African American males. Yeah. And 15 in the city of Detroit and 15 to 19, number two. Yeah. What's number three? Do you have that? Yes. 30 year old man, you know, when they start slowing down a little bit. They got to go to work and pay for babies they, they've made. You know, that little deterrent called parenting. Yeah, child support and make you do a lot of things differently. Mm -hmm. Ain't that the truth? Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Learn something. Right. So, um, you know, we have to think about the, the effects of being pushed into doing things that, that seem masculine on these young boys because first of all they're boys let the, let children be children right mm -hmm, and yes. if they want to know something it's it's okay for them to know and not act it out but oftentimes what happens as Desi was saying is that once you figure out they've put one and two together know you know that it's supposed to be stuck into something then you have these older uh men or young men as well as your peers who've been influenced by other older men to get as much as you can as fast as you can how many mm -hmm. notches can you get on my, on your belt mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know majority um going to that majority of the hiv cases um of the young men re, you know reviewing their charts have been molested really yeah mm -hmm. uh, I, I, at least 80 85 percent 
have been molested. And that's another thing we don't talk about in the community. It happens and it just, just slides it underneath the rug. Just keep it going. You know, some all out rape. We use yeah. pretty flowery words if we want yes. some molestations and then there are some rapes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because that's uh taboo to happen to a man. Yeah. That's you know? something yeah. you don't hear about. You're not but supposed to know. But it, it happens. happens. I know it happens. Like it I said, eight, at least eight, maybe I'm even going less, but majority, every time I'm reviewing, you know, it's just majority. I, I understand, the, but this, man, like, you know, it's, it's not considered rape. One of the like, things that is it, like scary to me is that is. we kind of, um, in the black community, and I guess black men especially, kind of don't want to be victims to the point where yeah. they will internalize trauma. Yeah. And reverse it to be something to be glorified. Yeah. Black people love to glorify trauma. We yeah. love to glorify negative things that happen to us because it's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, going back in history, we've been the most tortured, hurt people. So, of course, we're going to turn that hurt into something positive to be able to keep moving on mm-hmm. and keep going. Mm-hmm. And we have done that in beautiful, amazing ways. But one of the most negative ways I've seen it as is reversing trauma into something to be proud of. If you are nine years old, and a grown woman has sexual intercourse with you, beloved, that is rape. Mm-hmm. That is that nothing is rape. but rape. But, you know, the thing is, like you said, the community doesn't look at it that way. Do you all have actual numbers instead of like a percentage? How many um, how many cases of HIV is known within Wayne County at this time? Do you have the yeah, number? Yes. Yeah, I did print some things out. Just because I wanted to be prepared for <laughs> Thank some you. data. You're mm-hmm. welcome. Would you guys say it's like a type of PTSD almost? Mm. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Evelyn. Evelyn's going to give us a okay. number. We have about 10 minutes, so I want to make sure that we have the numbers mm-hmm. out okay, here. Okay, okay, okay. And okay. I want to why say, she's, I'm, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, those of you who listened to the show um, a few weeks ago, we had Brandon... Um, Michael Higgins on the mm-hmm. show, mm-hmm. and he actually talked about being uh, molested as as a child, and to have a man step up and be open about that um, in today's world, I say that that's a real man. That's somebody, you know, and he is helping other young adults to come out. He's yeah. he's a, he's a he's a psychologist. Yes. Brandon is a he's a heterosexual male. But he is so well spoken. Yeah. Um, his 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 nonprofit, a chance for Joshua. It's his his he's he's championing his brother, who um, had some fallacies within the fostering system that actually changed his brother's mindset to the point to a negative, um, mm-hmm. a negative you know. It, just a negative mindset, and Brandon had the opportunity to have a totally different upbringing in life um, with his adopted parents than what his brother had. And just to hear his story, I would actually encourage you to go back and listen to that broadcast. Yes. And I actually would like to have him come here and to a wake up, you know, to one of our wake up um, events. Because he's definitely woke. Yes. And we need, <laughs> we need men like him 
to talk to, to, to talk our talk young men. Look, yeah. shout out to Terry Crews. And you yeah, see what yeah. happened to him mm-hmm. just for coming out and saying what happened to him. He has, you know, he just recently called D.L. Hughley to the carpet because you're going to. Um, and D.L. Hughley did an interview before where he talked about how his daughter was sexually assaulted. But because he liked the person who did it to her, who she said did it to her, he didn't do anything about it. Mm. So you are going on radio and you are saying that this man is wrong for bringing up charges on this other man for assaulting him. He should have punched him in the face. Well, if you didn't even do the same for your own child, Mm. how are you going to talk about a man who has a career, who is doing well for himself? He's not, he can't just haul off and punch every person. And violence shouldn't be the first thing we think about as black people, as a solution to our problems. I think that men should be able to come forward as well as um, the way that women are encouraged to come forward. I think we need to encourage our men to come forward. You know, me too, too. (laughs) Because there are a lot of men. (laughs) There are a lot of men out here who have been molested and who have been raped, who may want to talk about it, but because of the the stereotypes within our community, they're afraid to come forward. Evelyn, you have those numbers ready, don't you? Yes, I do. Okay. So uh, the prevalence for the city of Detroit, and this is as of December 2017, because you have a two-year data lag when you're dealing with um, EpiData, because you have to make sure the data is clean and all of that other good stuff. Mm -hmm. But there are um, a... And this doesn't, but this is for the city of Detroit only. This is Detroit proper. Uh, 5,570 people. Of those 5,570, 4,930 are black. Wow. Right? That's 90% of that population. 88% of the total population. Mm -hmm. 4% are Hispanic, 5% are white. Of those diagnosed, mm-hmm. um, 74% of them are male, right? Wow. With the overwhelming uh, burden being on black males, 65% of uh, those males are black. Mm-hmm. And the remaining 3% Hispanic, 4% white, and then you have a 2% other category. In regards to females, you have 1,350 of that 1,350 1,220 are black. Right? And these are diagnosed. These not, are diagnosed. Not this people who not, don't know. These are but people. that would that diagnosis also include those that went to um, private physicians to get tested? Um, if they have gotten tested and have a positive result, um, we have you have to um, report it to the state for their mm-hmm. record. So the state keeps record of every new um, diagnosis. Okay, so someone mm-hmm. can't say that this is just people that went to the health department or whatever. This is actually all private physicians as well as public. This yeah. is anything that went through a laboratory to be processed. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so all right. That's, that's mm-hmm. for the, the CDC on it. doesn't Do you play. have Oakland County there as well? I can pull Oakland County. That won't be as Yeah, we quick. got a few minutes. So I'd like to hear Oakland County as well. So can I tell, because this information <laughs> is, access, is accessible to anyone who is interested. Yes, let them know where it is. So you can go to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, mm-hmm. MDHHS. S.gov and type in statistics in the search engine and everything that I'm telling you will come up. 
Okay, what if someone lives in Indiana, Texas, or, you know, um, Kentucky? Mm-hmm. What, would they go on their local health department site? Absolutely. Okay. All uh, state health departments as well as local health departments are responsible for keeping up with any communicable disease that's happening within the community that they serve. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, their... Um, there's a lot of data around HIV and AIDS because of the Healthy People 2020 initiative mm-hmm. because Obama, God bless his heart. <laughs> Pres- um, President, had, President Obama. President, mm-hmm. yes. yes. Um, the National HIV AIDS Strategy, the first time ever that there was one. So you will find that there are a lot more uh, statistics and reports and data sets available around HIV and AIDS. And I just want to say that just because we have the highest prevalence rate doesn't mean that we can't turn this around or slow it down. Yes. Um, there is a thing called PrEP, pre-exposure prophylaxis, and that is a medication that you're able to take on a daily basis. It is a maintenance medication that you're able to take um, so that if you're exposed to HIV, to HIV it is 99% effective? Um, yeah, well, actually, yeah, it's like 90, 94, like pretty much 94%, 95%. That's right. still, that's and, good. And yeah. you find now that PrEP has primarily um, been marketed toward um, white individuals, gay white men, okay, but not to people of color. Um, in addition, um, there is prevention for positives, meaning that if you're already diagnosed, mm-hmm. the one way you can reduce the likelihood or actually prevent, because we have U equals U mm-hmm. campaign, undetectable mm-hmm. means mm-hmm. untransmittable. Yeah. Um, but if you're diagnosed, please, 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 please come into care. Um, get in contact with Michelle. My name is Evelyn Postel Franklin. It is that on Facebook. Yes. You can inbox me and I will get you into care. You don't even have to come see me. I just need you into care. And the reason being is because if we are able to put you on medications and we're able to get your virus suppressed, like Magic Johnson, right? That's mm-hmm. everybody's proxy. Yes. Um, then you will live a longer and healthy life. And then we also have additional support services. We have ongoing counseling. We have housing services. It's whatever you need so that we can get you on your feet. Yeah. I love it. I love yes. it. I love so it. So the Ryan White community is here for you. Yes. <laughs> guys, I want you guys to understand that, you know, the the myth of HIV being a disease that's within the homosexual community, that is truly a myth. HIV is 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 in every community, she said it's every, social. It's a social. Yes, it's a social disease, but it's every community, every color, every religion, every culture, everything that you could think of. The rates may be high within the African American community, but those of you who are not African American, that does not make you safe. It does not make you safe. So please protect yourselves and condoms are free. Desi, do you know the um, the email or the email or the website where people can get free condoms on yeah, a regular I, basis? I, they I can sign that. up for they them. They can get it free in the mail through the city of Detroit. If you live in the city of Detroit yes. in Highland Park, you can get it free. And I'm looking for it now. And as I'm looking, I just want to put out some announcements of what's going on this week. Um, Friday. Um, if you have youth 13 and up, please bring them out to Wayne State University mm-hmm. Student Hall. Um, we're having a free event, um, the Wake Up Self Love. If you like spoken word, we have some excellent performers. 
Um, please come out from 6.30 to 9.30 at Student Hall. It's a free event um, this Friday, February the 8th. And also on February the 29th, we have an um, event called um, Painting with a Purpose. And we're going to be discussing um, HIV within the black community and also painting um, murals, um, the HIV um, symbol. So, and that's a free event, free food. So just come What's out. What's the age range for painting with a purpose? Painting with a purpose, um, I believe it's 18 and up. Okay, so we have 18 and up on February 29th with painting with a purpose. And we have the HIV event at self-love all all ages at wayne state and that's 13 and up if you want any additional information just um you can inbox me you can um you can inbox me you can facebook me you can text me call me um I, i am available as well as the information will always be up on my social media so you'll be able to find that we're we have to wrap up here um I will put that information out there since um I know did you find yes, it? Yes, it's okay. um I stay ready. I use condoms um www.detroitmi.gov um forward slash health and you can get your free condoms in the mail. Yes, I'll put that up on my website as well. I, I mean, I'm sorry, put it up on my social media so that you all will have that information. Ladies, thank you so much for coming out tonight no, and you. having this candid conversation. This means a lot to me. And wake up, Detroit. Wake up, Wayne County. Wake up, Oakland County. Wake up, United States. Yes, we need up. you to wake up. Go and get yourself tested. Free testing is available. I make sure I'm tested regularly. Delon, you got tested this summer when we ride at Palmer Park. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get so, tested this Thursday, too. Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. Friday. At, you can come to Horizons, yeah. Tolan Park. Yeah. Um, Community <laughs> Health Awareness Group. Yes. Yeah, so come on <laughs> and, and wake up, everybody. And this is Michelle and Delon Kennedy with Love Logical DNA Not Required. Love Logical Families, Love Logical Community. Talk to your kids. Talk to your children. Talk to your friends let make sure that you know what's right and please come out to wake up so that you can actually learn what we have to teach you thank you everybody and good night love y'all love you thank you